welcome to the Apex Church Podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Good morning and what a joy it is to continue our sermon series, Push. I guess you listening to me have all probably been guilty of this same mistake that I've made of of going up to a door and, and pushing the door to be met with resistance. They discover that you shouldn't push, you actually should have pulled it. I got caught just a couple of months ago with this same thing. But the thing that really aggravated me was this, that the first door I met, I had to pull. So when I went to the next door, I automatically started to pull again. (laughs) You know where I'm going, don't you? On the second door, I had to push. And I said to myself, Neil, you need to get better at observing the signs. You need to pay attention. You need to look at what's happening. And I really believe that God began to speak to my spirit just a a couple of weeks ago whilst I was actually on holiday. And I thought God sent me, Neil, pay attention to the signs. You see, I really believe that beyond this sermon series, that God is doing something fresh. God is doing something new. God is looking for men and women followers whose hearts yearn for him, who are grateful and thankful for everything that he's done, but truly believe that there is so much more in God. I'm talking to you right now, believer, uh, that your heart is just saying, I want to push into everything that God has for me. I want to avail myself of everything that God wants to do. I want to be used for the purposes of God. And I believe that when we discern the times and the seasons, that there's an awareness, and I believe here at our, our local church, Apex Church, this is exactly what's happening. It's not just because we've come back off holiday, the kiddies are back to school, and and it's the new season, the autumn season, as they say. It's more than that. There's, There's a sense in our spirit, which is not dictated by the calendar, but has been dictated by God. And we need to be aware of the signs in the season. God is up to something. Do you want God to use you in this season? And here in this beautiful scripture, our key scripture, which is Luke 5, we read about these early disciples where God took them and used them for his glory. We read in Luke chapter 5, reading from verses 1 through 7, NIV. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen, who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. 
And they came and filled both boats so full, listen to this, that their nets began, that their boats, sorry, began to sink. I truly believe that it is the ultimate pursuit of every believer to progress in the, our relationship with God. Hey, we're saved. We belong to him. But being a Christian is more than just coming to church. It's more than just attending different programs. It's actually maturing and growing in a Christian walk. It's of a heart, to have a heart after God, a longing for him, a desire that he would use you, that he would make you usable, and that you would move, the Bible speaks about, from, from infant things to adult things, that we would grow and progress in our Christian life. I believe that every Christian, this should be one of our greatest desires. Let's be honest, for many of us, we get comfortable, and in being comfortable, we become complacent. We become complacent because we become familiar. Oh, we've been saved for many years. We're, we get used to things, and, and maybe the things that once stirred our hearts don't stir us anymore. And, and that's a great challenge, and I really believe that we've got to push ourselves beyond familiarity and complacency. What does God do? He stretches us and he challenges us and he moves us forward and he presents new opportunities for us to encounter him. And encountering him, the Bible says that you are the light of the world. You are salt of the earth. That when we encounter God and God touches us and God begins to develop us, he develops us so that we can be his witness here on earth. Oh, what a great opportunity we have to actually represent the kingdom of God. In fact, the Bible says that we're ambassadors of the kingdom. My friend, that's a high calling. That's a higher calling than the world could ever put on you. That's a greater identity than the world can ever give to recognize that we are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. When we begin to recognize that, that when people look at us, they may never come to church. They may never read their Bible. But in looking at us, they look at what a Christian should be, how a Christian should act, how a Christian should believe our, our values and how we demonstrate that. And, and what a great challenge that is. And, and God gives us opportunity because he stretches us and he puts us into position that we can grow and develop and we can become more Christ-like in all things. I think the challenge is at times that just like these early disciples, that they were in a place that was inconsistent with what God desired for their life. Have you ever felt as a Christian, I, I should be further along the road by now. I should be able to deal with those issues. I shouldn't be getting so angry. I shouldn't be getting so frustrated. I should be dealing better now than that with these issues in my life that trouble me and challenge me. And let's be honest, we, we all have them. I should be further along the road in my Christian walk than I am right now. And the disciples in this story, we discover that they fished all night. And they had been in their area of comfort. They had been in their comfort zone. But they were about to discover that positioning was just as important as their skills. You know, you, you can know the right thing. You can know the Word of God. You can know it inside out. You, you, you could have gone to Bible class and Sunday school. And, and you may even have, have taught the Word of God. But it's not enough just to, to know what God says. It's, it's how we let the Word of God work through us. 
we can be out of step with God. We can be out of step with this timing. We can rush ahead of God or we can lag behind God. And I'm really believing that in this sermon series push that we will have an awareness that, that we can get in step with God, in step with the season, and in step with what God desires for our life. Hey, my prayer is this, that, that we take down the sign business as usual because we're aware that God is up to something. I'm praying right now that you begin to see God like you've never seen Him before. You, you'll hear from God like you've never heard before, that there will be an excitement and an anticipation that is pushing you into the plan and the will and the purposes of God for your life. I believe God is about to do something incredible. And how God does this is often He takes us into that place that is deeper. There are some things that you won't and you can't find in the shallow place. For these disciples, their breakthrough was in the deep place. Now, deep is a relative term. Why? Because it's not defined by you. It's defined by God. I'm talking about a place where we fully trust Him. We wholly lean on Him. We totally depend on Him. That our desire is only what God would have us do. That we would get deeper in our relationship, in our pursuit, in our commitment for the things of God. In other words, whatever it takes, oh God, would you take me deeper now? I want to be used by you. I want the mark of God to be on my life. I want people to see Christ's likeness in me. Oh Lord, would you take me deeper? The context of this story is very familiar to you. Jesus comes to the lake of Gennesaret. They, he sees two ships that are empty. There are disciples. There are these fishermen there, sorry, that have, have been fishing all night and they have cost, caught nothing. And, and Jesus teaches the crowd that is gathered. And then he says to Simon, he says, Simon, I want to use your boat. I love that. I want to use what you have. You see, if you follow the story through, and this is not the purpose of my sermon today, that Jesus started by using his boat, but ultimately Jesus wanted to use Peter. He gets into Peter's boat, and they go out a little from the shore, and, and Jesus then continues to teach the crowd. And, and then Jesus says to Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Here was the challenge to Peter. Peter... I know you've been working all night and you've caught nothing and you're washing your nets. But the challenge to Peter is the challenge that comes to all of us to move from the place of comfort, the place of complacency, the place of apathy, apathy to a place of progression. That's where God wants to take every single one of us. And I've discovered that we've all been there because the reality is we've all got to deal with the frustrations of life. The fishermen had been, they'd been working all night and they'd caught nothing. And listen, being a Christian does not remove frustrations, whether they be external or internal. Doesn't matter how long you've been in church, doesn't matter how well you sing, you may even play in the worship band. But let's be honest, all of us at times have to deal with this thing called frustration. I think the truth of the matter is, that many of us have got very good at hiding our pain behind our praise. You ask someone, how are you doing? I'm fine. And someone can have a broken heart, can be frustrated. I'm frustrated because we're not seeing healing in our bodies. I'm frustrated because I'm still waiting for the prodigal to come home. 
I'm frustrated because I thought the financial challenge would be broken by now and we would be further ahead. Listen, let's be honest, Christian. We all have to deal with frustration. And I've discovered something. You can be faithful, but still frustrated. Uh, sometimes things are not working out according to plan. We think that we're out of, the, of step and, and timing is all over the place. Uh, but the truth of the matter is God is still for you. He is not against you. And sometimes we try to, to pretend that frustration is not there. But let me be honest with you, my friend. If you don't face it, you'll never fix it. Can I say that again? If you don't face it, you'll never fix it. And sometimes we've got to be honest because this can be the difference between a breakthrough and a breakdown. The ability to go, yeah, I, I am angry and mad because of some things that are happening. Yes, I, I'm struggling with forgiveness in, in this particular area because of what they've done to me, God. Because of what they've said. Because of what have happened. God, I, I'm disappointed and, and I don't know how I'll ever get over this. Yeah, we all have the frustrations in life. And we discover with these disciples that, that because of the frustration of fishing all night and catching nothing, they'd abandoned their boats. They'd left these two boats, and now they're washing their nets. <laughs> Can I say very clearly, there was nothing wrong with the boats. I, I remember when uh, my oldest son, Neil, Neil Jr., Neely we call him, when he was 13, he was diagnosed, 12, 13, he was diagnosed diabetic, insulin dependent. It, it was quite a shock to us, and a bigger shock to him. And I'll, I've never forgot this. Uh, one night, um, I opened the fridge to get some milk for my coffee, and as I did that, I looked, and there I saw his, his insulin that he had to take. I was so angry. I was so mad. I looked at that insulin, and, and I don't know why, because it wasn't the insulin's fault. In fact, the purpose of the insulin was to preserve his life, not to harm his life. But for me, that was a symbol. That was a symbol of the sickness that was in his body. And, and maybe that's how you feel right now. You, you look at particular things. There, there are trigger points in your life, and they, they just bring up the, the frustrations and and just like those disciples who abandoned their boats, that, that you're all, almost ready to abandon ship. You, you want to give up. You, perhaps you want to give up on God. Perhaps you want to give up on your, on your job. And, and you're like, God, why have you put me here? And nothing seems to be working out. And this is a horrible place to be. My friend is a Christian. You are the light of the world. And maybe God has placed you in that dark place so that you can be a positive in the midst of negative, that people can see Christ's likeness in you. And you have to push through that environment that you face in your work. Maybe it's a family situation. Maybe it's a health situation. And, and you want to give up. You, you have just had absolutely enough. But, but I'm here to tell you, my friends, that better times are ahead. You see, maybe you're remembering or, or your memory right now is thinking of times when you had greater momentum. You, you maybe were excited about the things of God, but you're not so excited now. And, and you remember a time when, when you were full of hope, but, but because of time that has passed, hope deferred, the Bible says, makes the heart sick. And maybe that's how you feel right now when you're ready to abandon ship. You, oh, you, maybe you don't want to give up in God, but, but you'll just come along to church. 
Maybe you'll just be a pew warmer. You know that God has touched your life and called you for a purpose, but because of circumstance, because of what is happening, you're ready to abandon ship. Oh, yes, there was a time when you were excited and you were filled with hope, but, but you're not so excited now. But I pray that we can each get to that place where we can be able to declare, nothing shall separate me, hallelujah, from the love of God in Christ Jesus. My friend, Christian believer, that you're steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You see, if you don't deal with your frustration, you come to a place of acceptance, of resignation. It's over. What else can I do? I've, I've done all that I can. You see, here are these airlift disciples, these fishermen. What are they doing? They're washing their nets. In the washing of the nets, they were making a declaration that for that season, for that time, for that period, for that hours, it, it was over. I've, I've done all I can. The, and maybe you feel like that, my friend. Maybe you feel the reality is I, I'll never get a, a breakthrough. I'll never get over that besetting sin, that, that thing that always challenges me. That, I'll never get over that, that situation that, that has caused unforgiveness in my heart. I'll, I'll never push that. I'll, I'll never walk up the mountain of victory. I'll always be in the valley of defeat. And maybe that's how you feel and, and you're just washing the nets. But can I say as clearly as I can, the devil is a liar. He's a liar. The Bible says he's the father of all lies. And the enemy is messing with you and messing with your mind because you are on the verge of your greatest season of breakthrough. My friend, I believe I'm talking prophetically right now, that you are closer than you know to seeing the, the things you've prayed for, the things you've longed for, the things you've desired, the things you've cried out to God, that prodigal coming back home, that spouse getting saved. Come on, can I get a witness? Maybe you're closer than you realize, and that's why the enemy wants you to give up. That's why he's playing with your mind. And when he plays with your mind, he can get into your spirit. I was talking to a, a, a grandma recently, and she was telling me about her, her grandson. He has, he has autism. He's, he's on the spectrum. And he, when he goes to school, he's extremely gifted in reading. So it, he is actually, uh, I can't remember if it's one book or two books ahead of the rest of his class. But his classmates gathered around him and said, you're dumb. You're stupid. You're not on the same reading book as us. You're in a different book than all the rest of the class. What's wrong with you? And, and this boy came home crying to his grandma and says, Grandma, I must be stupid. I must be dumb. Uh, uh, the voices of, of my contemporaries, he didn't use that word, but the voices of my contemporaries said there's something wrong with me. And his grandma had to sit him down and say, Son, you're not behind the rest. You're ahead of the rest. And they can't handle the fact that you're gifted more than they are. My friend, maybe they challenge your feeling and your spirit and your soul right now. And, and the inner voices of turmoil are trying to pull you back and say, what's wrong with you? You're, you're different. You, you don't fit in. Listen, you were never meant to fit in. 
God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Don't you buy into the lie of the enemy. You're washing your nets because you think it's all over. My friend, you're washing your nets because God is getting ready to take you deeper. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night. But guess what? Joy comes in the morning. It's never too late. And, and Jesus sees them. And after teaching, he looks at Peter. And he says, Peter, get into the deep. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. To truly move from a feeling of frustration, we have got to, it requires faith. And that's why you need the right people in your life. I'm so glad for great friends in my world, great friends here in Peterhead and, and literally around the world, people that encourage me, people that cheer me on, people that will pull me into account if they see something in my life. But when I'm feeling down and when I'm washing my nets and perhaps when I want to give up and, and perhaps the weight of life is heavy upon me, I thank God for people that say, come on, Neil, get up. Come on, Neil. Keep going. Come on, Neil. Don't you dare give up. God has a plan for your life. Neil, it doesn't matter what age you are. There is so much more in God. I'm so glad for people like Aaron and her who, who will lift my arms just figuratively like Aaron and her did for Moses. The, Neil, you may feel tired. You may feel weak. But we're with you. We've got your back. We believe in you. We believe in the purpose of God and the plan of God. Hallelujah. I'm preaching now. And maybe you feel that you have no one in your world. Well, if you haven't got a positive voice, here's a positive voice right now, right here, saying to you, come on. God has got something greater. God has got something more. And we need that push to go deeper into, into God. We, we've got to move forward. We, we can't settle. We can't just be, be washing our nets. Why? Because your destiny is not on the banks of the shore. Oh, my friend. God had so much more for these fishermen. They thought destiny was catching fish. You know the story. Their ultimate purpose was to catch men. And their destiny was never just to be on this shoreline. And Jesus took them out into the deep to catch that great amount of fish to let them see that now they were going to bring a great harvest into the kingdom of God. But here we find in this story that when Jesus said to them, let down your nets, the command opens up a series of revelations. Well, what do I mean by this? Well, first of all, they had to trust God beyond their experience. Have you ever felt like that? They were fishermen. Jesus was a carpenter. And Jesus knew that they knew how to fish. You see, he wasn't calling into question their ability to be good fishermen. But he was asking them the question and prompting by his command. And he was looking for the revelation that can you trust me beyond your experience. You see, they were trained, they were capable, and they were experienced. But I love when Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 55, my ways, God says, are not your ways. And my thoughts, they're not your thoughts. God says to Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. And I know that that doesn't mean that we abandon our skill set. 
but we allow God to take us beyond perhaps what we've been trained for or what we think purpose is, can we fully trust God even when we don't fully understand what the command is? Because I believe for many of us, our destiny is outside our postcode. You see, God had more for them than just on the shore. So he takes them into the deep to give them a revelation of when they come back onto the shore, what God wants to do in and through them. You see, these early disciples had to believe that when they put the nets into the water, something was going to happen. And oh, I long for the day when people walk into Apex Church and the first thing they say is this, wow, this is a faith-filled church. We can sense the atmosphere. We walk through the doors and something's different. There, there's an air of expectation that even before the praise and worship starts or the pastor gets up to do the opening prayer, that in conversation and looking around, the people are aware that the atmosphere has been set for God to do great things. Why? Because we're faith-filled and believing for more. They had to obey the advice of Jesus. And Peter says these incredible words. Master, we fished all night and caught nothing. Ever felt like that? Listen to these incredible words. Nevertheless, at your word. They were honest. We've been fishing all night long. But because you say so, in spite of our disappointments, in spite of what seems like failure, Jesus, because you said so, at your word, at your command, I'm going to be, go deeper. They were so close to giving up. Maybe you feel like that, my friend. Neil, I've, I've prayed so long. I've believed for so long. I've been faithful, but I'm not fruitful. And may the words come out of your mouth. When God instructs you, when Jesus gives you instruction, nevertheless, Jesus, may thy will be done. You see, you've got to understand that these early disciples were told that they had to get into the deep. You see, you've got to understand some things about shallow water, and that's why you need to move. I noticed this about shallow water. Perhaps you've observed this. It's in the shallow water that the, the rubbish or the, the garbage, garbage seems to, to gather. What's rubbish? Garbage, stuff that other folks don't want, discarded stuff. The danger when you stay in the shallow water is that, that the rubbish of life, the, the garbage of life, the things that other people don't want can get thrown your way and you can get bogged down with that in the shallow ground. And sometimes it's in the shallow place that, that shallow people have their opinions and, and want to hold you back. But there's something else I've discovered in the, in the shallow waters. And we see this in Peterhead at the, in the Rockies, up in the rocks uh, all, all the time, that, that, that it's in the shallow place that you find tadpoles. What's a tadpole? Tadpoles are the aquatic larvae of an amphibian, which means they're baby frogs or toads or, or, or fish that aren't developed yet. What do you find in the shallow water 
that sometimes in the shallow you find that things are not complete, they're not finished, they haven't come fully to fruition. And if you stay in the shallowness, that that's all you see. But you don't want to be in amongst the tadpoles. My friend, I believe that God wants to take you into the deep where the, where the real fish are. I, I've never walked into the, the fish and chip shop and says, uh, can I have a tadpole supper, please? That, that would be pretty bizarre, wouldn't it? No, no, tadpoles are where the kiddies play with and catch. But God is saying to these disciples, I want you to come away from the shallow, and I want you to get into the deep place. And you all know what happens. When they went into the deep and let down their nets, something incredible happened. They discovered that there was so much more. I uh, recently have just returned from Northern Ireland, uh, being on our holiday with, with my dear wife, Phyllis. And, and we were staying with my mother-in-law, and, and her, her Wi-Fi is not working at this time. So basically, Phyllis and I were wor both working off our phones, just using the data. And I came in uh, last Thursday, and, and Phyllis said to me, she says, uh, uh, Neil, you need to look at my phone. And I knew the way she said it, <laughs> it was not a request. Hello. And I said, what's wrong? She says, it's not working. And, and we know that, knew that there was going to be some big announcements that day. And she said, uh, you need to look at my phone. So, so I looked at her phone, and I couldn't get it to work. So I said, let's go and find somewhere where there's Wi-Fi, and I'll try to figure it out. I'll get onto the three app, etc. Found somewhere with Wi-Fi, got onto the app, still couldn't figure it out. So we discovered that there was a, a mobile shop, 3, the network that we're on, that was in the local town. So we went in there, and, and the back guy began to look at it, and he says, your, your problem is that, this is my wife, that you're out of data. You've used all your current data allowance. And I knew that, that her data allowance wasn't very big, but it's one of those things, and, and okay, I know, bad, bad husband. It's one of those things that every month you're going to look at, you're going to check. I'll get that resolved. But, but because in our home we have Wi-Fi, it really hasn't been a particular issue. And the guy looked at, at, into Phyllis's contract, and when he did so, he says, hey, you don't have a lot of data. And then he says, wait a minute, you're paying X amount for the data you have. He says, I can get you, listen to this, a lot more data for a much cheaper price. My wife looked at me, and once again, she wasn't waiting for my response. She turned to the salesman and says, let's do it. My friend, in the series called Push, can it be in our Christian walk and in our Christian experience that God already has so much more out there for us, but we become just so familiar with what we have and perhaps it has to take moments like this to say, I'm not satisfied with what I have. I'm pushing into all that God has for me. And you're listening to my voice. And you know that your life is not right with Jesus. You know you're not a Christian. You know you're not walking with God. Or perhaps you did walk with God, but you'll be honest enough to admit that you're not walking with Him now. Well, what a great opportunity in this season, in this time of push. May the words that I have uttered through the 
guidance of the Holy Spirit. I pray that they have literally pushed you into a, a thought pattern of, I need to get right with Jesus, or I need to give my life to God. That's where it all starts. It starts with our relationship. You see, when Peter, when they went into the deep and they had that great catch, the first words that Peter said to Jesus was, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. He, he recognized his state. But thank God that Jesus loved them too much to leave them in the place and position that he was. And my friend, Jesus loves you too much. That's why God the Father sent God the Son, that you could have a relationship with him. And if you would like to ask Christ to come into your heart, would you pray with me right now? Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner. You are my Savior. I want to make you Lord of my life. I want to commit my ways to you. I want to go deeper into a relationship. I want to move from the shallow ground of existence into the deeper ground of abundant, purposeful life with Christ. So come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. And make me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen.